0: And hello, all you stay tuners out there! Welcome back for another episode of Stay Tuned Sports, episode eighteen. Lots to talk about this week. Very exciting uh, week in sports. But before we get into all that, give you out the the whole social media, Twitter, Facebook stuff. You can follow the show at St Sports Podcast. Catch me at Jimbo St Sports or go over to uh, King, which is is at King of Skunk Duck. Uh, you can also catch us on Facebook. We post some stuff there sometimes. But uh, you can you can also listen to us on iTunes, um, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play. Um, I still gotta try to get us on some uh, the other ones. But uh, like I said earlier there was a lot of action uh, happened this past week in sports, a lot of college um, but NFL is definitely going to dominate uh, the show this week because of uh, just this past weekend's games and stuff that ha- happened after Sunday night games you know you had um, Josh Gordon that news broke Friday that he was being a uh, considered to be released, or we'll go into that. Um, Antonio Brown going on Twitter saying, trade me, what's you know, what's that all about? Um, but uh, we're going to start the show off with a little college football talk. I'm not sure if anybody watched the Notre Dame-Vanderbilt game, but uh, I was, once again, not too happy with how the game went. Um, Vanderbilt, an unranked team, it's just stuck around. Somehow, still stuck around. Wimbush, I, I still think needs to be benched. It just seems like that offense has no spark. You know, maybe if we if you bring in Ian Book, he may, you know, cause uh, a little little fire under everybody's butt, and we'll you know see what happens. But um, you know, this week they got Wake Forest. Uh, should be, I mean, in my opinion, a little easier game. Hopefully, this is the game they come out firing on all cylinders, and uh, you know, just finally blows out a team. Not too many surprising games this past Saturday. The only, the only one I, I really noticed was uh, the LSU Auburn game. You had LSU upsetting Auburn, uh, 22-21, and. Uh, I can't remember. I think I said that uh, last week that that could be a real good game. And sure enough, turned out to be a good game. You know, Alabama playing all cupcakes again. But maybe this week will be the week to see if they're really as talented as their scores say. Um, They have Texas A&M, who's ranked 22 this week. I mean, it's not a top 10 team, but they're a ranked team, so you can't take them too lightly. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Texas A.M. beats them. Uh, I'm just tired of hearing the whole Roll Tide, you know, it's kind of like, like they're the patriots of the of the college for me. I, I just want to see someone else win, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Notre Dame fan, but it gets tiresome seeing this, the same teams every, you know, every finals, and, you know, college football is a lot more exciting than, than NFL, and I just wish, you know, it could be even more exciting if uh, someone else was, was there other than Alabama. But, you know, on the other hand, though, it just just shows how good Nick Saban is with, you know, the scouting and getting his team ready week in and week out. But you never know, you know, this, this could be the week that this would be the big upset that we could get finally against Alabama. Other than that, I think there was only one other ranked game that I might keep a, a close eye on. Um, it's the Stanford-Oregon game. You got Stanford coming in at number seven and Oregon at number 20. You got Notre Dame right behind Stanford at eight and I believe next weekend, not to look ahead but next weekend we have Stanford play Notre Dame at night so if Stanford could pull this win out against Oregon and Notre Dame wins next week you know maybe we could climb up you know to 6 or 5 but then again who knows i mean past two weeks with Notre Dame you know not very uh convincing wins I'm just I'm, a, I'm even surprised that they stayed at eight these past two three weeks but I'm getting a little ahead of myself there because I mean Notre Dame's got to get through this week first and then worry about next week um, so other than that there, there wasn't really much um, college talk college football talk going on but there was a lot of NFL news even during uh halftime of the Bills game. Did anybody see about, uh, Vontae Davis retiring right before the second half? I was on Twitter when I was watching the the Eagles game with my dad, um, which that was a pathetic offensive, uh, output by, by my team. But, um, scrolling through Twitter, seeing what's going on, seeing any type of injuries and stuff like that, and came across that Bonte Davis has retired at halftime. I'm like, I thought that was one of those uh, you know, clickbait type uh, Twitter accounts just making fake news up or something like that. And then Adam Shepter was reporting it, and all the other reporters were reporting it and I just started laughing I'm like God, I can't believe that's that's true so you know finally came home after the Eagles loss and uh still on Twitter and Facebook and saw one of the the Bills linebackers talking about it and I, I just could not believe that so uh I found an article on um ESPN talking about you know what what exactly happened stuff like that and what it says is uh Buffalo Bills cornerback Vontae Davis abruptly retired at halftime on Sunday's 31 20 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers saying in a statement later that the reality had hit him I shouldn't be out there anymore Davis a 10-year veteran said he meant no disrespect to his teammates and coaches but that physically he could no longer play at the standard he set for himself Bills coach Sean McDermott said that he pulled himself out of the game. McDermott also said that uh, he communicated to us that he was done. Linebacker Lorenzo Alexander alerted reporters to Davis's abrupt retirement after the game. Never have seen it, never, Alexander said. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros, never heard of it. Never seen it, and it's just completely disrespectful to his teammates. He didn't say nothing to nobody. I found out going into the second half of the game, they say he's not coming out, he retired, that's it. Later that night, um, Bonte Davis did release a, a statement, it's pretty long, so I'm not even going to go into it, but basically his statement said that he was just mentally, physically done. Now on one hand, um, I'm glad he did that, because you don't want someone playing this, this game who is not ready. It's almost like a boxer who's mentally broken and just stands there, not protect himself, and just getting punched. But the only part that I do have an issue with is, okay, if you know you're physically and mentally done, then go to your coach and, and tell him, tell him that. But just don't just leave. Just stay on the, the sidelines. You still can root. You know your, your teammates on. And then that Monday or Tuesday morning, whichever, you know, day after the game, that's when you you should announce it. You don't just up and leave like that. And I kind of agree with uh, Alexander. To me, it is a little disrespectful. Um, You got players here that are, you know, putting it all online and you just leave the building and, and not... Tell anything to your teammates that the coaches had to tell um, all the players and, and assistant coaches. I, I know in the in the year in the time of everybody worrying about the you know, concussions and the CTEs. You now he is making the right call by, by doing this, but I think it, he went the wrong way of ending it. Now, you know, with that being said, though, some of the memes coming out about it, I mean, they, they were ruthless. They, they definitely weren't holding back. And, you know, 10-year vet, I, I hope that Davis invests his money well, so just in case down the line he does have some type of issues. And I, I hope he doesn't for his sake. But I, I've never seen something like this before Um, I've been watching football for uh, about 20 25 years now and never I've seen players retire halfway through a season but never during a game so definitely a a new situation and hopefully it all works out for both Davis and and the Bills uh, going forward Now, talking about things working out for teams, the Steelers are not doing that well. As of right now, they're 0 1 1. They tied the Browns. They lost last week to the Chiefs. Um, we had that game on at the bar as well. And, I mean, I'll give them credit, they, they fought back. Um, I stopped watching it, I think, when it was uh, 21 or 28-nothing, and, uh, you know, they cl- they clawed their way back, made it a close game, but the next day, Antonio Brown decided to go on Twitter, and a former PR guy of the Steelers took a shot at, at, at Brown. Uh, Basically saying that uh, Big Ben is the one that made him, made Brown. Um, And was the reason why Brown got the big contracts or the extension. And so Brown tweeted back to him, trade me, and see what I do elsewhere. Now, in a day of scrutinizing players uh, on social media and stuff, I mean, this is a, a high school thing that you, you learn a high school not to do. I mean, why would you do something like this? And then to, to further speculation, the next day, uh, I believe it was Monday, he didn't show up to practice. So, I know myself, when I saw that he didn't show up to practice, I started watching Twitter and Facebook. and All the... Rumors start flying. Um, The Vegas bets came out. What teams, what were the odds of certain teams getting him? You know, I I know me as an Eagles fan, I would have loved to have him. I would have gave up two first rounders for him. I mean, he's he's definitely the best receiver out there. But, you put this and you put the whole Le'Veon Bell situation this Steelers team is just a mess. I mean, it's only a week going into week three, and they're already imploding. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'll have to be honest, I don't know how they could fix this team. I don't see if they keep going this this way. I don't see Mike Tomlin lasting the season. I don't see him making past week eight. I th- I think the best thing the Steelers could do right now to Try to fix this problem is just. I, I personally think it just still goes back to Bell. He's the one that started this this whole circus of a, a show. I think you gotta get rid of him. You gotta pull the franchise tag or or trade him away. And then if Bell wants to speak up about being traded, you know maybe maybe go full full rebuild mode. You know Big Ben's only got a year or two left. You got James Connor, who's looking like a, a at least a decent uh, featured back, if not a good featured back. Start build, start building uh, again. Um, and I'm curious to see what everybody else's uh, feelings about the Steelers are. But to talk about a receiver that did get traded this past week is uh, Josh Gordon to the Patriots. Now I know everybody hates the Patriots, and this was the best move they could do. Um, going into the season, we all knew they had wide receiver problems. Yes, Josh Gordon is um, ha- has his demons, his issues, but so did Randy Moss. Now I'm not saying he is Randy Moss as far as talent. Randy Moss was a one of a kind monster, but. They all talk about the Bill check way, the Patriots way. Maybe this is what Gordon needed. Maybe he needed that change of scenery. Now, in return uh, for Gordon, the Browns get a 2019 5th round pick while the Patriots will get a 2019 7th round pick if, he, if uh, Gordon is not active for 10 games. Now, I'm curious to see how many teams did call. There was, uh, it was anywhere between 8 to 10 teams. I mean, I, I don't understand now, because it, it came out Friday uh, night about uh, the Browns finally being Donald Gordon, that they were going to release him uh, come Monday morning. He was inactive for the, uh, the game Sunday. Why would teams, like, why would they trade for him? If they know he's going to be cut, why try to trade for him? And and maybe that's why they only got a fifth round pick. Um, I mean, again, I think he's a third or fourth round type talent. If he didn't have the issues, he'd definitely be a second round type talent. But with the issues, you know, obviously that, that drops it. But looking at the Patriots side of this, I mean, I still think they got a steal. Um, He's a free agent after this season, but the Patriots could tender him. So basically, they still have another year of him. As long as he stays out of trouble. Um, Since he led the league in uh, receiving yards, I think they said, what, three years ago, I believe it was, he's only played 10 games since, due to injury or suspensions. And, uh, you know, looking at the Patriots receiving situation now, okay, so they add Gordon. This definitely helps Gronk right now because now everybody's got to worry about Gordon if they try uh, to double-team Gronk. And I believe they get Julian Edelman back after week four. I think he only got suspended four games for PEDs. So, this team could be pretty tough. You know, if you line up Gordon to be your deep threat, Edelman to to do what he does, the little dump passes or slot receiver, and then Gronk being Gronk. The running game is okay, but again, when you have those three players, you don't need a Hall of Fame running back. So, they pretty much just add it or three wins on third record because of um, because of this move and I mean no one was gonna catch them as far as the division I don't think you know Jets are gonna have a year or two away Sam Darnold looks decent you know he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna be as I don't think he's gonna be a bust um, Dolphins are terrible and uh, and the Bills just can't keep players um, playing, um, you, you know, they got the problems with LaShawn McCoy, um, with the the court cases, with his ex-girlfriend, and all that stuff going on. So the Patriots definitely going to win this division. There was no questions asked. Now they could possibly go after, you know, first or second seed now with with this move. So, and as far as the Browns maybe the Browns could use that fifth-round pick on a, a good kicker. I, I actually am starting to feel sorry for Browns fans. I mean, I've gone through the Rich Cotet era. I've gone through the the Ray Rose era. You know, I know some bad seasons, but this is just terrible and just pure bad luck. You know, you tie the, the, the Steelers in Week 1 when... Game winning field goal got blocked. Then you're playing the Saints, which I know last week I said the Saints would have blown them out. I could not believe how good that defense held Drew Brees in check. And watching the last uh, two, three minutes of of the game on my phone, um, you know, like the updates, when the Browns scored that, uh, I believe it was like 47 or 48 yard touchdown and then only to miss the extra point, tie the game up at 18-18. And, you know, I I said that to my dad about it, and I said, the only problem is there was a minute and a half left. That's way too much time to leave on the clock with Drew Brees. And sure enough, Drew Brees, I, I think it was Ted Ginn he connected with and got down the field goal range. They kicked the field goal. And end up winning the game, giving Browns yet again another loss. But the, the, the kind of the funny story um, coming out of that whole uh, game was um, the Browns kicker. I don't know if anybody saw this uh, on social media, but the Browns kicker—I forget his first name—but his last name is Gonzalez. When he missed the extra point to put them up 19-18, a lot of the Browns fans started tweeting this Gonzalez account. You know, uh, you stink. Uh, I don't think there was any death threats. Hopefully, there wasn't. But just put, putting this Gonzalez guy down. And the problem was, they were all tweeting the wrong Gonzalez. Turns out the 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 person they were tweeting was a high school baseball coach. I actually felt bad for this guy because he's probably, he he may not have been even into football. And he's probably wondering himself, like, why am I being attacked by by these people? So kids, always check to make sure you're tweeting the right person. And look what happened with Antonio Brown. Check before you hit send. But the kind of uh, look back on the week two games for the second week in a row we had another tie the Minnesota Vikings against Green Bay Packers 29 29 now I don't remember a time of back-to-back ties and also within the first two weeks I know there's been two or three ties during the season but never back-to-back and never in the first two weeks of the season. And I know with this um, this game, there's a little bit of controversy with uh, the Clay Matthews. Um, I think they called uh, roughing the passer on him uh, for the hit. I know Clay Matthews said that. Uh, you know they're starting to get a little ridiculous with with the uh, protecting the quarterback, which I agree. I totally agree with them. One of the biggest roughing the passer penalties I cannot stand is when a defensive player's hand hits or touches a quarterback's head. You are taught that if you don't think you can get to the quarterback or right before he throws the ball, put your hands up in the air. Where are your hands gonna go after the ball is past you? They're gonna go down. You gotta bring them down. Now, I agree, if someone cocks back and punches Tom Brady in the head, yes, I I definitely think that should be a penalty. But if it's incidental contact, I mean, come on. And then, um, you know, some of these these roughing the penalty, yeah, roughing the penalty, roughing the passer penalties where, you know, you kind of fall on him. Uh, on the quarterback, they throw the flags now. It used to be you had to drive the quarterback into the ground to get the penalty called. Like, it's just, it's starting to get ridiculous. And, you know, um, a couple weeks ago, me and King talked about, you know, the X, uh, XFL and all the, the new leagues coming out. I'm actually excited for them. Hopefully they aren't so picky or, or bad with, with these, these type of penalties. And we can get back to having fun football. This, this NFL, it's slowly turning into flag football. I can see within the next 10, 15 years, it's basically two-hand touch football. I understand, uh, like I said, with the, the Vontae Davis thing. I understand about the concussions and CTE worries. I totally understand that, but it's a violent sport. I didn't mean to get on a little rant there, but um, like I said, the Saints bet the Browns 21-18. The Chiefs won 42-37. Um, yeah, it was 21-0 in the first quarter, and the Steelers came back in the second quarter to tie it all up. I didn't think the way the Steelers were playing they were going to score any type of points. And then the Buccaneers, Against the Eagles right before that first uh, pass by Fitzpatrick my dad's sitting next to me and I, you know he's 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 saying to me I, I don't believe in the Fitz magic magic and he's he's a good quarterback but he's not as good as everybody's making him sound and I said don't don't we don't think that we got to get to Fitzpatrick we gotta smack him around Fitzpatrick hikes it and throws up to Deshaun Jackson 75 yards and needless to say, yes, I did pick up Deshaun Jackson and Fitzpatrick on my fantasy team this past week, because the one thing I've seen with Fitzpatrick, and it's kind of weird, if you look at him over the years, and I'm curious to see, I meant to look this up this past week, if he's on a one-year deal, or is this is last year of his contract, the last year of his contract, he always has outstanding numbers, and then he goes and signs a big contract and then he's back down to earth until that last year of the contract. He's a contract year player. And I, I will not be surprised if he puts up awesome numbers this year. And I cannot see Tampa Bay going back to Winston this year. They, they're they still saying the right things by saying he's the future and this, that, the other thing, but again, here's another player that's in and out of trouble every year. So... I think Fitzpatrick, unless he starts having a, a complete collapse, will be your Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback until further notice. And then, when I got home, I, I put the the Rams and the Cardinals on because I have a uh, Jared Goff, and yeah, that was a mistake. Thirty-four, nothing, the Rams. Now again, when you have Sam Bradford as a quarterback, you're going to have that happen. He's very smart with his contracts, but he's not a good football player. And then uh, I think it was Sunday night, we had the Giants and the Cowboys. Once again, Giants have no offensive line. And the Cowboys win 20-13, to 13, which again, to me is not a very impressive Win just because of the Giants' offensive line. Shaquan Barkley, he's definitely your future running back. Eli Manning, playing behind that line, probably should ret- retire after this season, so he doesn't turn into a vegetable. And as far as the Giants, if they keep playing that way, I'm gonna be able to keep the King James belt this week or this this year again against uh, good old King. But, so that that's the review for last week. Um, instead of me running down the whole list and give the my my picks for this week, I'm just gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm only gonna pick three this week. I'm gonna pick an upset alert and just two other games. So my upset alert, that I'm gonna go with since we were talking about Antonio Brown. I think this week has to be the week that they, they pull it out. Um, the Buccaneers are 2-0. Steelers are 0-1-1. Even though Pittsburgh's the favorite by a point and a half, I still think Tampa Bay is the hotter team. I'm going to go Steelers 24, Buccaneers 21. With the Three point win. Another game I'll go with is uh, actually tonight's uh, Thursday night game Jets against the Browns. Um, I'm hoping for the Browns to, to win this. And if the Browns defense could do what they did against Drew Brees, I think Sam Donald can have a, a long night. And hopefully, it's do come down to a, a kicker just for the Browns' sake. But um, I still think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 14 Browns, 10 Jets. And then my ho- highest scoring game I'm going to pick this week is the Saints against the Falcons. Uh, the, I think you have to go with the Falcons just because of Matt Ryan and uh, Julio Jones. I don't think the Saints defense has gone a, a whole lot better than last year. I'm gonna go with Falcons, 25. No, 20 we'll, we'll go with 28. 28, 21 Falcons. So with that all being said, I think that's I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, thanks for listening. You could catch us on TuneIn, Spotify, uh, Google Play and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. You can follow me at Jimbo ST Sports. And you can also follow King at King of Skunk Duck. Um, so I think that's going to be it for this week. This is your good friend Jimbo. I will see you again next week.